You're listening to the Ministry 127 podcast, a complimentary resource for today's spiritual leader. The purpose of Ministry 127 is to aid Christians in developing a biblical philosophy of ministry. Ministry 127 is a growing online library aimed at assisting ministry workers with Bible-based resources and is a ministry of Pastor Paul Chapel, the Lancaster Baptist Church, and West Coast Baptist College. For more information, visit ministry127.com and subscribe to the Ministry 127 podcast for more practical lessons for today's Christian worker. This lesson with Mrs. Dana Schmidt is entitled Mentoring Teen Girls in Godly Living. Mrs. Schmidt has served alongside her husband, Carrie Schmidt, in the student ministries of Lancaster Baptist Church for the past 20 years. She has three children and has immersed herself in serving the Lord and investing her life into the young people and families of Lancaster Baptist Church. In 2 Thessalonians, it says, But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. And in chapter 3, verse 4, it says, And we have confidence in the Lord, touching you, that ye both do and will the things which we command you. Then we're going to turn, if you look in your Bibles, to Titus chapter 2. I know you're all so familiar with this passage. Um, it's, it's such a good passage. Um, Titus chapter 2 says, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. The aged women, likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers. That's like talking about gossip and slandering there. Not given to much wine, teacher of good things that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded. In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works, in doctrine, showing uncorruptness or integrity, gravity, which is reverence, and sincerity sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part, maybe someone that's against you or maybe someone that doesn't like you or makes fun of you, um, that, that they may be ashamed having no evil thing to say of you. Now, in this, in, in this passage, it talks about the aged women, and I, I guess it's all about context because I don't want to be considered an aged woman. I don't think any of us wants to be aged, do we? <laughs> um, but it talks about the older women teaching the younger women, doesn't it? And it commands us to do that. Um, I know the teens in our youth group, they obviously don't have husbands to obey. But since some of us, since we're older than the teenagers, we could teach them. We could teach them how to love their husbands one day. We could teach them now how to obey their authorities, obey their their dads and their moms and their heavenly father. And then one day, you know, if they're married, they'll be able to um, love their husbands better. The Bible talks about older women mentoring younger women. And as a woman, you have something to offer those younger than you. And someone needs to learn something from you. We can all learn something from someone, can't we? Um, whether or not you feel adequate or equipped, you do have something to offer. And I know if you're like me, you struggle with, oh, I don't have all the answers. And I don't, I don't always know what to say. And I don't, I, you know, you don't feel smart enough to help, to help somebody. But the Lord says we all have something to offer. Um, and so in the session, I just want to encourage you to intentionally and with purpose involve yourself in reaching out to the teens in your youth group. 
or in your home. Many of us have teenagers in our homes. Um, And God placed you in the ministry to complete your husband if you're married or as a youth worker to help the teenagers. So just, just keep in mind that the Lord wants to use us all. Uh, I looked up mentoring, the word mentoring, and it means to model or to live out Bible truths um, so that others can emulate them and others can follow them. Mentoring is showing them, not just instructing them. You know, sometimes we teach, but people learn better by doing, don't you? I'm one, if you show me, you know, if my husband explains for me how to do something on the computer or I can't, I just can't, I can't get it. I have to be shown step by step. And if he shows me step by step, I can get it after a few times, <laughs> but, um, teenagers learn by example too. Um, mentoring is one-on-one, one life at a time. So give them your time and mentoring teenagers takes time. Mentoring our children takes time. Um, we need to love and to mentor and to help and to work with as many girls, teen girls as the Lord will allow you to. And we need to take them soul winning. We need to talk to them, take the time, you know, when they're going through things to sit with them and give them your time, have them to your home. Um, but at the same time, I want to say, don't forget the most important children and teens that God, if you're married has placed into your life and into your home. And that's your own children. Um, if I'm going to take the time to listen to a teen girl's problem for an hour or 30 minutes or an hour and a half, then I need to be willing to take that same time with my own teenagers and my own children at home and listen to their problems. And sometimes, um, I don't know if your kids are like mine, but they all open up at night. Do yours, those of you who have children, everybody opens up at night. Um, my daughter wants to talk at night and sometimes I'm so tired and you think, Oh, you know, right now. (laughs) Um, but our teens or our children need to know that we'll take the time just with them too. Not just, not just someone in the youth group, but that we'll take the time. And I know I've been convicted of that at times when I'm very, very tired at home. Um, it can sometimes when I've been out soul winning or I've taken a teenager um, out and I've listened to maybe her problem or you know tried to help her and um, if you've ever counseled a teenager it's it can be tiring T- counseling is exhausting isn't it or just expending of yourself um, and then I can get home and I think okay now I can rest and I can maybe take some time to read and get ready and. Maybe that's the time that my daughter needs my attention or that my teenager needs my attention. And I may think, oh, I'm so tired right now, but I have to take the time. Don't, don't brush it off. Um, I know my daughter's in sixth grade, but all the way from kindergarten all the way till now, little, it's funny, we have two boys, two teen boys. Lance is almost 20 and Larry just turned 17. And then we have Haley, who's 11. And the difference from going from two boys to a girl is very different. I have asked many ladies (laughs) a lot of counsel because girls are so different than boys. And I know I am a girl, but I've never had a girl. And so to relate is very different. Um, and I've enjoyed that transition. Um, but girls from actually, I would say the nursery on up, there's more drama. Does anybody agree? (laughs) Just like in the youth group, I have, I just remember when my daughter got to kindergarten, she'd come home from school crying. And I thought, what could possibly happen in kindergarten, you know, but a little girl wouldn't talk to her or someone said, you don't have your hair in a ponytail, so you can't be in my club, you know, little things, (laughs) but it happens. And, you know, to me, you know, or, or to us as ladies, some of those things that our little girls go through or our sons go through boys, there's not quite as much drama, but, um, I think of girls more 
is it's so easy, easy and it's easy to say, oh, that's so unimportant or, you know, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. You know, it'll go away tomorrow. But if I do that with my daughter, I brush it off. And so I have to be careful not to brush things off um, with my own children. I want to say the devil would like nothing more than for us um, to help other teens and then not care for our own and lose our own children. He'd like nothing more for my husband and I to love all the other teenagers and then not be consistent and love our teens at home. So just make a decision to not let that happen with your own children because it's so important. Um, Many times our own teens or our own children just need to see that we'll stop and take the same time that we will for someone else's children with them. They just need to see that we'll do that for them. So number one, I have maintain a godly walk and a faithful example. We're going to go kind of quickly. Model godliness personally in your dress and in your lifestyle. Teen girls need role models. Hollywood's models are so bad. They, and there's so many things on TV. And it gives such a false image of womanhood and and what a family is, you know, if the, the world doesn't even portray what a family should be um, and what love is. And, and the, some teenagers, you know, are allowed to just watch so much TV. So the teens in your, in your youth group need to see a godly lady in you, a godly Christian lifestyle, um, just in the way you carry yourself, in the way you act. Our girls need to see ladies who are happy, who love the Lord. And that take care of themselves and that they maybe care what they look like, but they're living right. And they prove with the, that the Bible's true. And the Bible tells us, I mean, if we, if we live the way God wants us to, we'll, we'll be happy, won't we? Um, we'll, we'll still have trials, but we'll have a true happiness, not the kind that the world offers at all. Teens will usually take our lowest example and follow it, which can be scary. So um, I try to keep that in mind. I don't want to be a stumbling block for a teenager, and I don't want to be hurt excuse not to serve God because she saw me at the store dressed a certain way or, or I acted a certain way. I want to be very careful. Um, and it's very important that our teens just see that, that we can be happy and joyful and enjoy life. It doesn't have to be like the world says, partying and craziness and, you know, drinking. It doesn't have to be that way. And um, we have a, a lot of girls in the public school too, you know, and they, um, many of them take a stand and they live right. And that's awesome. But it's a struggle for them because, you know, daily they see so many wicked things. So model godliness personally, and then in your family, in your children, in your home. Our teens need to see an example of a godly home. We uh, have our teens over um, as often as we can. This year, we have not been able to do that as much. Um, we've had our, our senior class over, I think, once or twice this year. Um, but uh, we try to do that often just, just to get with them and enjoy them. And, um, but many girls don't come from a godly home or from a Christian home, and you're the only example that they'll see, You know, whether it's verses on the wall or... Um, or just the way you act in your home, how you treat your children, um, you may be the only example that she'll ever see. And that, that's a scary thought sometimes to think. Um, obviously, our families aren't perfect, and nobody's perfect, and they're going to see all of our faults. But if we try and seek to do what's right, we can maybe help teenagers. Um, don't assume that just because maybe a teen is in the church that they have a godly family or that they, you know, just have it easy. Sometimes I've been surprised by teenagers that I would have no clue 
that really struggle at home and have a rough home life, and, and I would have never guessed. So just love each teenager and be that example to everyone. You know, those that are faithful to church, be that example because they might they might not have that example at home. Um, there's so many hurting girls, you know, in in our youth group, and, and many of them you would never know because they always have a smile or they're going through trials that that are – very, very difficult, and there's so many that are hurting. Uh, model godliness in ministry, in your soul winning, in your church service. Take them soul winning with you. Um, you know, I last week I took a group of three girls, and um, we went door knocking, and my daughter went with us. Um, and sometimes you could talk about, you know, if you take just one girl, maybe she'll open up and talk about things that she's struggling with at school or or trials that she's going through. Um, but try to ask intuitive questions, make, maybe make a list, um, you know, cause it's easy to talk about fun stuff and hair and nails and, you know, school and, but maybe ask how their walk with the Lord is. How are they doing? Are they reading their Bible? How's your relationship with your parents? Do you, are you respecting your parents? Are you keeping a good attitude at home? Who are your friends? How are your, how, how are your friendships? Are you you know, is anybody, are you, are you struggling? Are, is anybody dragging you down? Um, ask them, you know, what, you could ask them who they like, you know. And, and one time I had a girl in the car with me and we were talking and we were just, you know, she, she didn't have a whole lot of problems. And I happened to say, so who do you like? Is there any special guy? And um, she said, she got real quiet and real red and she said, well, it's one of your sons. <laughs> so it was very funny. So that, that question I don't ask as often, but it was kind of funny. Um, but take them soul winning with you. Um, I recently took a group out. Oh, it's probably been two months ago now. And um, I have an iPhone. It's an old iPhone because I constantly drop it and I break the glass. And so anyways, my husband teases me because I'm rough on my phone. And um, But it has a map on it. So I put in, we were going to make two visits. And I had about four girls with me. And we were going to visit two new girls, visitor girls. And we were so excited. So we drove all the way out to the one. And... Um, I had the map on my phone, and the little green dot goes to the red dot. It's an iPhone if you have one. And so I followed it there. I like to watch you get to the destination, the dot. The green dot makes it to the red dot or however it works. And so we made it to the first stop. So then I I really haven't done this very often, but then I typed in my second address, you know, from my current location. So we visited this girl. I typed in the new address, and so we went about, and we went, we drove for about 10, 12, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes, and and, you know, we went up and around and a roundabout way, but we ended up back on this very same street that we were on. And so I say to the girls, this is amazing. We just drove for 15 minutes. We were right here the whole time. And this phone directed us this whole roundabout way. And then when I looked down, I realized I had turned my phone upside down. <laughs> and I was going back to, I was almost to the destination that I was supposed to be. And I went back to my current location. So... So the joke when I take people soul winning is, uh, I, I have one girl that goes with me often. She says she never knows where she's going. <laughs> we always get lost a couple times before we make it. Um, so if you take a girl that knows how to read a map, that's really helpful. <laughs> I don't do well with that. Um, model joyfulness in your smile and in your laughter. Let the girls see you happy in ministry. Let them see you have fun. And you can be happy. Um, I've seen so many of our teens go through trials um, and struggles, lose a parent. I've seen, but they still have joy. You know, I've watched them. They've been such an example to us. We, uh, when my husband was diagnosed, um, you know, 
of course you have the fear of the unknown and, and all of that. But we, you know, we set our kids down. We said, we're going to trust God, love God, live for God. And he kept making them repeat that. That first night we found out, I mean, he said it over and over. And, you know, our kids promised we're going to trust God, love God, live for God. But we had a teenager in the youth group and um, he's in my son's class and he, his mom had passed away from cancer and he wrote my husband. I mean, he's, you know, in 11th grade. And he wrote my husband one of the most encouraging notes that we could have gotten because he's been through it. And he said, you know, Brother Schmidt, you know, I know it's rough. And uh, I wish I had the, le- the letter with me. Um, but he told him, you know, you know, it's, it's going to be hard at times, but God will get you through. And he gave him verses. And it was so neat because here's this teenager and he was ministering to us and it was very special. So your teens can also minister back to you. Um, but it's good for them to see you having fun in the Lord or trusting the Lord through a trial. Um, our teens have been very, very good to us and very, they've prayed so much this year and we're so thankful for them. They've had such a good spirit and they've understood when my husband maybe couldn't be at things and, um, they've had such good attitudes and they, they have been a blessing to us. Um, at, at teen camp, there's different things at teen camp. You know, if you go to teen camps and you go to activities or, or if you teach in school, let the, let the, uh, teens see you have fun and enjoy and, and have laughter in your life. Um, There are times where you have to be serious and talk to them about serious issues um, and things that need to be dealt with. But so it's good for them to see when you can laugh with them or you can have fun with them and they tend to respond better. It seems like if I'm at teen camp and I expend myself and have fun with them and play goofy games and um, then they kind of see that I care and they open up a little bit more in a different way with me. Um, So have fun with the teens. And then number two, enlist a team of godly ladies to help. There's few things really that can replace the power of a godly example and a personal example. Um, And the more godly role models you have, the better. Look for maturity and faithfulness in youth workers. Be sure that the ladies that you have help are a good example to the teens. Um, Youth work is is a lot about fun. We get to do a lot of fun things, but it's a lot about caring for people and loving people and counseling and teaching. And it's not always all fun. It can be emotional and and physically exhausting. And so we need youth workers that are willing to give of themselves to the teenagers. And we have awesome youth workers. They, they take our teens soul winning and write notes and, um, they're, they are just the best youth workers ever. And we just, we're so thankful for them. Um, look for joyfulness and spirit in a, in a team of ladies that that are people that you're going to have help in your youth group. And, and a servant's heart. We have youth workers that they're just willing to do whatever. They have that willing spirit. And teenagers learn from that because they watch adults help and they watch adults do things and they learn from that. Teach your ladies that help you how to invest themselves into younger ladies. And we all, as ladies, always feel so inadequate, I think. Um, teach your youth workers, ladies, what mentoring means and what it requires. Really, it requires us to deny our feelings of our personal insecurity. I mean, sometimes I, I don't, I know that I don't have the answers and you know, you have to die to self and let the Lord work through you. Um, you don't have to know everything to work with teenagers and you don't have to know more than someone else. And you don't have to have all the right answers. Really. You just have to be willing to do two simple things that any of us can do. And that's really just to be willing to share what you know. Um, and to be willing to learn more over time. We don't always have all the answers. Um, sometimes I'll be with a teenager and she'll ask me some question that is so 
amazingly hard. I, you know, maybe she's going through a trial, and I do not have the answer. Um, I have, there's a teen girl that I know of right now in our youth group, and I was talking to my husband yesterday. I don't have the answer for her. I do not know how, what to tell her, and um, we're, we're praying about that. And um, we don't always have the answers, and sometimes you're going to have to say, let me, you know, maybe talk to our pastor or talk talk to my husband, talk to the youth pastor, and I need to get the right answer, and I'll get back with you. You know, give her some verses and tell her you'll pray with her. But, you know, you can. it's okay to say you don't know the answer. Um, we need to be willing to devote a part of our heart to others. You have to care about how the girls in your group are doing. You have to shoulder the burden of their spiritual well-being. Um, and when a girl can see that you really care about her and love her, she develops a trust in you. Um, when she sees that you have a burden for her, she usually will respond to you, and she'll open up. And um, Now, sometimes I've had girls that don't appreciate a burden, maybe that I or a youth worker have had for them, and they you know, push you away. But I've also watched some of those girls over time, just when you're kind and you, know, you don't push them, they come and they open up and they respond later on. And that's always exciting, too. And then also you need to develop a listening ear to the Holy Spirit. He will place people upon your heart. Have you ever had that happen um, where maybe you're driving and you think of somebody, you know, whether it's a lady in your church or, or a teenager, and many times, you know, you can think, oh, why did I just think of them? Or um, I know many times there have, there have been that I have not acted on that. And I have thought of the girl and thought, okay, you know, oh, she just ran through my mind. And then maybe a month later realized that she was going through one of the most difficult times and I didn't act on it. And, and, and the Lord, you know, the Holy Spirit pricks my heart and says, oh, that's why, that's why I thought of her. Um, but there have been times that I've acted on that. Okay, why am I thinking of her? Maybe the Lord wants me to call her. So there have been times where I've called that girl or written a note. And sometimes it's just she just needed to hear from somebody. She just needed that extra attention. And many times it's been that they were really struggling or really going through a trial that I wouldn't have known about had I not called her. Um, the Holy Spirit will enable and lead you with what to say and how to influence them. Um, there are times where you think, how can I help? I, I don't have the answers. And the Lord always will give me something to say. I always pray, Lord, okay, I, you have to help me because I'm not, I'm not good with spur-of-the-moment questions and spur-of-the-moment answers. And the Lord always gives me something. Um, and sometimes really all the teenager needs is for you to listen to them. Sometimes they just want you just to listen. And it's so funny. Um, there's been times where I've taken girls out and they've talked and told me their problem and it's nothing you know life-threatening or major but it's it's a big to them and um and then they'll say thank you so much you know you have helped me so much and I'll think I didn't even hardly talk you did all the talking I didn't do anything but sometimes they just um needed that act of listening that the Lord wants us to do and then with um with your youth workers serve together as a team get them involved in helping others then number three Involve yourself in personal ministry. We talked about taking the girls soul winning. Um, you could take the girls out to lunch or for coffee. Um, just give them your time. I have at times had maybe a day where I knew I needed to get with a teenager, but I had a lot of errands to run. And I've taken girls to the grocery store with me before. <laughs> and it's actually enjoyable. They, they enjoy it. Um, but they'll open up to you when you take the time for them. Um, and then make sure you reach out to everyone, you know, not just the ones that are easy to reach out to. Sometimes there's the girls that are real quiet, you know, in the corner, and, but they need reaching out to also. Um, there are times where the Lord has put somebody on my heart that, you know, maybe isn't, 
isn't as easy or you think, Lord, I don't want to take them out. You know, I, I just, and, and, but we need to obey that, don't we? We, just because they're maybe not your favorite person, or maybe they're that one that kind of hangs on you all the time and it maybe is a little annoying. Um, the Lord wants us to spend time with those people too. Um, there, there was a girl years and years ago and she, bless her heart, she was so sweet, but every class she went through, she just really clung t- to the ladies, the youth worker ladies. And, you know, in our class every week, every Sunday morning, night, and Wednesday nights, you know, she just, you know, always needed something. And, um, but I remember one time I took her out and she, um, I knew she didn't have a mom, but, um, her mom, I just in sitting and taking the time and talking with her, she, her mom, you know, lived far away and she always would promise, I'll come visit you this weekend. I'll come visit you. And she never came. And I thought the Lord convicted me. Wow. You know, that's why she's so clingy to ladies. She needs that, that motherly love is what she needs. And, um, and it gives you a deeper love for those people, for those ones, maybe that, that you struggle with. Um, it gives you a deeper love and understanding for them too. And the Lord's amazing. He will work through you. And he took the time. He loved each of us when we're unlovable. And, um, when we, when we follow his example, you find that, that, um, you really do have a love for that girl that you didn't, didn't realize and that you didn't understand. And, um, the Lord, the Lord lets you, loves you, loves that girl through you. And next mentor them on activities. And during ministry time, um, teens need someone to be there for them. They need to know that someone loves them. Uh, I read in a book, and I don't, I don't know if this is totally true, but that it takes a teen girl an average of two years to really trust somebody. So I'm, I'm not sure, uh, you know, but I know there are some girls that don't always, some girls can give their heart to you real quick, and then some, you know, it takes quite a while. Um, maybe there's times where, you know, you get a phone call. Um, I, I, this is under be available for God-given appointments. There are times where you know, you randomly, you know, you're very busy and you get that phone call that that teenager needs you and you have to be willing, you know, if you can, you know, you're not always able to drop everything right that minute. But if you, if you're able to, you know, to take the time to talk to them or go visit them, um, just be available for that. Sometimes the Lord wants us to have that willing heart so that he can work through us. You know, maybe he, he wants us to, okay, I'm able, you know, my, my kids are at school or my kids are taken care of. I have the time to go spend time with this girl. And, um, when we do that, the Lord, he, he works through that. And the the girls, when you drop something or, or you take your church and you're headed out the door, you know, have you ever had that happen? Um, you know, you're headed out the door and you're ready to go home. It's been a long day at church and you have that teenager come up to you and, and she's right there. She has tears in her eyes. And, you know, sometimes you can make the choice, you know, I, I can look the other way (laughs) and pretend I didn't see her or I can ask. And then, you know, you're going to be talking to her for quite a while. Um, but you know what? It's not always convenient, but it's always worth it. And it's always a blessing to take the time for the teenagers. Um, that's, I know I, I, I end up more blessed when I follow the Holy spirit in times where maybe I, I don't want to, or I'm tired. I end up more blessed than, than the teenager that I took time for. So, um, it's refreshing to give a teen girl your time and to love them, um, in, in however you do that. Um, next teach them through classes and devotions and group times. We had one, uh, one night at teen camp, um, and it had been a long, long week. We had played and, uh, we had done games and we had had so much fun at camp and 
usually if you've ever been to teen camp, the first night of teen camp and the teen girls that are in here <laughs> can testify. Um, it's crazy. The first night, the girls don't want to go to sleep. Everybody's excited because we're at camp and you know, they're just talk, 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 talk. And that's, that's how my room was this first night of teen camp. Usually the second, and third night, it kind of dies down because you play lots of games and everybody's excited. It's so tired. Um, this was several years ago. It was the last night of teen camp, and I was so, so tired. We had had a lot of counseling that particular week, and um, we had had a lot, of, a lot of fun. But this night, the girls were like, I mean, in bed fast. So I was excited. I thought, oh, I get to go to sleep. So I crawled into bed, and I put my head on the pillow, and, and um, the girl that was above me, she said, can we talk for just a minute? Can I talk to you for a minute? And in my flesh, I thought, no, you can't talk to me for a minute because it'll be a long time. And can I just wait till morning? But I didn't say that. I, I said, sure. And so I think that's all I had the energy to say because it was so busy. But, um, she came down on my bed and she talked and, um, and I had spent time with this girl before, but she, she had lost her mom a couple years before. And we just sat and talked and she just really needed me to sit with her like a mom would sit with a daughter late at night, just talking. And she just cried about how she missed her mom. And, um, honestly, we, we sat there and I started out very, very tired, but by the time she got to talking and we prayed and shared burdens and, and I listened to her, I forgot how tired I was. And we talked for two hours. And when she finally went to bed, I just laid in bed and cried and told the Lord, thank you so much for, for me obeying you, for for making me obey you in listening to her, because that meant a lot to her just to listen, but it meant more to me just just to hear her and to hear how hurt her heart was. Um, and it gave me such a greater understanding for her that night. Um, so spend time with them. Write girls letters and notes, emails. Now there's texting. I, I have so many girls that text me a lot. Um, that's very handy. Um, but notes mean a lot. And it doesn't have to be a long two-page note. It, it could be just just you know, three lines, just sending it to her or handing it to her. And that, that personal touch makes such a difference in, in a teenager's life. Uh, we had a, a youth worker, um, oh, I think it was about six years ago. And her name was Danelle. And she, she loved, her and her husband worked with our teenagers. And she um, was in our class and we work with the seniors on Sunday mornings. And they, she went to activities and she loved the youth group. And she had teenagers in the youth group. And she um, developed, she came down with leukemia, and she did, she went to teen camp that year, and she was so tired, you know, but she just gave herself to the girls that week, and I, I remember just watching her by example, and then I watched her, like, when she had to be home, and she wrote notes, and she wrote so many notes to the teen girls that meant so much, because they knew how sick she was, and I remember watching her, and I remember going, you know, to stay with her at the hospital sometimes. And, um, I watched her impact the lives of teenagers in such a real way that really none of us could have, but by her example and the teenagers seeing her going through such a trial and they watched as they got notes in the mail. And I, she told me, um, I, you know, she knew she was going to heaven. She was, she was so sad, you know, about leaving her family. And, but she said, I'm so, we've loved the youth ministry and we're so sad to leave these teenagers. And she felt so bad in leaving them, but she was able to show those teen girls a faithfulness in a real way that, that I couldn't show them. And she was such a blessing. So write notes. It means a lot to the teenagers and then keep your pastor updated through updates. Send them 
an email and let him know, you know, what girls you've talked to or if they're dealing with something that he needs to know about. You know, let, let keep your pastor updated. Um, then teach biblical principles to young ladies. Consider creating maybe teaching times just for girls. Um whether it's Sunday school classes, uh, we have in the past broken up like on a Wednesday night and, you know, guys and girls separate and teach them the girls things about femininity and modesty. And a lot of girls don't know that they don't know what modesty is, um, unless, you know, they've just grown up in the church and, you know, and they, in a godly family, they, then, then some of them know, but there's so many that do not know what modesty and being feminine is. And that uh, that training that we took them through, it was called basic training, was so much fun. We uh, we did a fashion show for the girls. We've done it a few times. And <coughs> we would model, you know, what is modest and what is not modest. And so, you know, we had to block out the windows and stuff but you know, so no guys could see in. But it was a lot of fun. And it, it was a fun way to show the girls what, what is appropriate and what is not. Um, don't assume that they all know everything because they don't we as ladies are commanded to teach them in titus 2 it talks about the older women teaching the younger and the lord obviously thinks that we as christians have something to offer younger ladies um, and so we need to help them and we need we need to be willing for the lord to use us help them understand um just trials that they go through that they're normal you know i mean every day every day i'm talking about little trials and you know different things um that we all go through as women, help them know that it's normal. Sometimes teenagers struggle with devotions and they think they're the only teenager in the youth group that struggles with that. And they feel so guilty and they'll think, okay, well, I didn't read my Bible. So, you know, I've missed it for three days. So I'm not going to, I'm just not going to do it anymore because, you know, because the Lord's already upset at me and God's not upset at us or he's not upset at the teenager for not reading their Bible. He just wants them to pick it up and, and do it. So my husband tries to tell the teenagers, Okay, if you if you've missed a day, it's okay. Just start right back up and encourage the teenagers. Because I remember as a teenager thinking, I am the only one who who missed their devotions today. I'm the only one in this whole youth group sitting here, and I'm I remember the devil making me feel so terrible. Um, don't assume that that their parents are teaching maybe things that they need to know, whether it's about modesty or just the Christian life. Um, and sometimes this one's hard. You know, sometimes there's practical things, little things um, that teenagers don't know because they haven't been taught. So be willing um, to teach them. We live so much on the go. Our world is so much on the go and our, our families are on the go. So be willing um, to help that girl. Tell that girl she needs to be connected to their families. Um, staying connected to, you know, the te- push the teen to their to their parents. That's so important. Um, in First Thessalonians 2, verses 11 and 12, it says, As ye know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you, as a father doth his children, that ye would walk worthy of God, who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. And the three words in that those two verses are exhorted, comforted, and charged. And if we maybe take just even those three words and use those as a youth worker or as a parent, um, then, then the Lord can work through us if we do that. Always remember just to push that teen towards their family. That's my husband's biggest goal is, you know, to turn the teenager's heart towards the parents and the parents' hearts toward the teenager. You don't ever want to put division between you and the teenager and the parent. You always want to push them together. Um, Make the principles in the Bible clear and practical. Exhibit right and wrong through illustrations. Sometimes teens need to see it 
you know, through an illustration. They need it shown to them. My husband's really good at this. He has a way of giving illustrations that make perfect sense and explain a principle that, 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 that it helps the teens open their eyes to that principle. It helps them learn and understand. The key to a girl's heart is consistency and love. And our world is so constantly changing and it's so confusing. You know, the dress, the hairstyles, everything tells you to be this way, that way. It's changing and it's not constant. And we need to teach our teen girls that Christ is the only thing that's really constant. And he's the same yesterday and today and forever. And he's the only one that will be constant in their lives. Um, you know, you may be in their life and they have parents, and but none of us are perfect. You know, parents aren't perfect. And, you know, we all make mistakes, but... God's the only one who's not going to make mistakes. So, so turn their hearts and teach them to have a relationship with the Lord. It's so important. Um, look for moments when the girls are implementing or doing what you, what you taught them. Look for the good and praise it. It's, sometimes we only see the bad. You know? But if you see a girl go to a visitor in your class, that's so awesome that she has the courage to go up to a visitor and ask her her name and how she's doing and praise her for that. And lastly, and we'll be real quick, um, lovingly confront spiritual problems. Be aware of spiritual and relational problems. You know, the devil fights our teenagers so very hard. Um, You know, whether it's just in the grocery store with magazines. um, uh, My kids have always left because I'm famous for, especially when they were little. And as they, my boys, obviously, they don't go to the grocery store with me very often. But I was always famous for, I'd kind of go through the aisles and I'd flip over all the magazines with, you know, with bad pictures. <laughs> I don't want him to see that. I don't want him to see that. And I'm the same way with my daughter. I don't want her seeing this girl who, you know, really doesn't look like that or, or it tells you all these bad things on the magazine. Um, you know, protect your children and protect the teenagers. Um, all right, let me get back on track here. Um, be aware. There, what I was saying is the devil s- attacks our children and our teenagers so much more than even when I was a teenager. He's, it's just so much more open sin. Um, have the courage to get below the surface. Seek to understand the heart of a girl. Sometimes I have thought a girl was maybe rebellious or hardened. And really, when I talked to her, she really wasn't. She just was quiet and she was reserved. And, and maybe it came across as rebellion, but it wasn't. You know, so if we just write off that girl, oh, she's rebellious. You know, she's not going to learn anything. You know, we could miss a blessing and, and she could too. Um, Everybody communicates differently. Um, give biblical advice. Make sure all of our advice is bi- biblical and, um, and, and by the Bible. Uh, my husband uh, always tells our youth workers, you know, if it's, if it's a, a problem that, that we don't need to be counseling, you know, send it, send it to your youth pastor or send it to your pastor, you know, something that's, that's an extreme problem. Um, there's, there's been times where, where I've talked with a teen girl, but, but I've realized, you know, this problem is deeper than I really need to know about, you know, so I've taken it to my husband or, or different, different things. Um, there's some very difficult and intense situations, you know, that our pastor needs to know about. And then there's little situations, you know, that, that we can help, help our girls through, um, go to the problem. If you need to go to the problem and have a meeting with her and deal with it, you can do that. Um, if it's a serious problem, like I said, it has to go to the pastor. Um, never promise that you're not going to tell anybody anything. That's so important. Teenagers always, it seems like, that's okay, do you promise you won't tell? <laughs> you know, and you can't promise that. Because, and I always say, you know what, I can't promise that. Because if it's something, you know, serious, your, your parents are, you know, I cannot make that promise. And honestly, they, they usually open up anyways because they really, they want help. Um 
and that's for your own protection too. I never give advice. I always, without letting my husband know the advice that I gave, you know, cause then he might say, well, well go back and tell her this too, or, you know, or tell her this might happen or, or give her these verses. You know, there's always something usually that my husband has that I could give more, you know, help that girl more. Um, so I always tell my husband or, um, let him know what, what I've counseled a girl. Um, secondly, um, just, uh, thirdly, I'm sorry, listen with a loving ear. That's so important. Sometimes, like I said, they just want you to listen to them and they want to know that you love them. And then the goal is resolution, restoration, and growth. You know, teenagers do, we've had teens, um, maybe, uh, struggle in the youth group really badly. And then when they get out and they graduate, they just go off and do crazy things, you know, maybe deep, terrible sin. Um, and I've watched my husband and I have learned from this. He has never written them off. He's always, um, will still write them notes, uh, you know, and, and even, you know, if they're living a wicked lifestyle and we have, um, it's been a blessing because we've seen so many come back, maybe five, eight, two years later, it, you know, every, not all of them come back, but many do. And each one that comes back will come up to my husband and say, thank you for loving me and not hating me for, for going out and sinning and going directly against everything that I knew was right. And they always say, I wish I would have done what my parents said and what you said. You know, they always have a repentant heart, but they're always thankful that they're still loved and that that door is still open for them to come back to church. You know, that's so important because, you know, if we don't accept them back, you know, and we don't let them repent and get right with God, then, you know, we're, then they're just left out into the world. So we need to, to have that, um, lead individuals to respond in godliness and maturity. There's some situations that you'll, I I've sat with girls, um, that have lost their moms and there was a, there's, um, a, a girl and a, and her brother in our youth group, two, two sisters and her brother in our youth group that lost their mom. And we sat with them and just cried and prayed with them. And, um, you know, they would ask why, you know, and you know what, there's not an answer. We don't know why, you know, God took their mom home. Um, and I, I've always told them, you know what, I don't know why. And I, I don't know what they're going through. Cause I, you know, they're going through something that I have never, ever been through, but I always, always tell them, you know what, God will probably use you one day. You're going to be in a church and you're going to have a girl come up to you and her mom is dying of cancer or her mom, you know, had a heart attack and you are going to be able to help them in a way that I can't help you because God has brought you through that. And, um, so teenagers go through so many trials that, that I can't even relate to them. And we, for us to be there for them is such a blessing. Um, lead individuals, uh, to love everyone in the group, just to be friendly when, you know, when a visitor comes into your youth group and they sit there and, you know, they see everybody who has their friends, that's a scary thing. It's a scary step to come into a youth group and, um, just teach your teenagers to be friendly. And then lastly, mentoring is really a process of years. It's, it's not something that you see fruit like tomorrow, you know, you spent time with her today and next week she's just a giant spiritual giant. You know, that usually doesn't happen. (laughs) Um, Recently, my husband and I read that the average youth worker lasts about 18 months or youth pastor lasts about 18 months in a church. And then they get discouraged because they don't see progress and they leave. And that's really sad because in 18 months, I mean, those 
those teenage hearts, they could be growing inside and maybe it's just not showing fruit on the outside. Um, stay focused on your teenagers or on your own children as teenagers and as they're growing up. Stay focused on the long term and have confidence that God will bless your efforts. Um, we as women need to realize that God wants to use us to teach someone else and that, that younger generation. He wants us to teach them so that they know how to help, help others to train them one day. So we just need to realize that God can use us if we're willing vessels. And we can help mentor young women if we allow him to use us. And if we teach them to be godly and to be holy and to love their future families... A lot of girls, they don't see that example in anyone else. And just keep in mind that you may be the only one. You may be the one that God uses for that example in her life for future um, and for her to be able to train others one day. So we just need to understand and practice really the principles taught in Titus chapter 2. Thank you for listening to the Ministry 127 podcast. This lesson was entitled Mentoring Teen Girls in Godly Living with Mrs. Dana Schmidt. This podcast was designed to equip spiritual leaders to grow in the Word and develop a biblical philosophy of ministry for today's local church. Be sure to let a friend know about ministry127.com. Also, for Christ-honoring publications, please visit strivingtogether.com for resources that encourage spiritual growth and the local church ministry. Thank you for listening to this Ministry 127 podcast.